Engaging presentations on the most urgent problem of our day and what you can do about it. Now, the End Abortion Podcast by Priests for Life. Welcome to Praying for America. That was the voice of the 45th and 47th President of the United States. He's going to run. He's going to get the nomination. He's going to win the White House. After we win the House and the Senate in 2022, he will do that for 2024. And then, brothers and sisters, we'll get this country on the right track. Well, if you're convinced of that, if you want to see that, you're in the right place. We're going to pray for America. I'm going to give you some good news here. And it's, you know, it's, 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 it, these are things that you are, are well aware of. And there may be some new numbers here or some new tidbits that I can uh, share with you. But I share it with you as a, as a way of encouragement uh, to fuel our prayer, our prayer for America, our prayer for one another, our, 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 our prayers for the many candidates uh, that are running in this, these midterms, our prayers for the voters. You know uh, what we are doing here, and we welcome all of you. We start with scripture and prayer, and then we go into some of the news on the political front. So thank you again for joining us. I want to go to Jeremiah. You know, I was just before coming on here, I was getting really annoyed at the uh, some of the, the haters uh, that are on uh, some social media platforms. I mean, we have some really deranged people out there who have the anti, uh, uh, the Trump derangement syndrome. And these, I'm coming to think that right now, these are absolutely the worst people in America, the, the, to the Trump haters, absolutely the bottom rung of the barrel, the bottom rung of the ladder, because they're so filled, first of all, with ignorance, I mean, it's got to be a willful blindness. And the more willful it is, the more evil it is. A willful blindness to the greatest president in, in our history. I mean, when, when, I mean, it's one thing if you don't know history, right? And, and you, you know, somebody says, oh, did you realize how great this president was, you know, so many generations ago? And it's like, no, I didn't. You know, I didn't know much about him. But when the greatest president is right before your eyes, when you're actually living through his presidency, I've said this many times before, the greatest tragedy in life is not what we suffer. The greatest tragedy in life is what we miss. When it's right before our eyes and somehow we're too blind to see it, that's really sad. Well, let's pray. I, so I, I say that because it, it led me to this passage from the prophet Jeremiah that I want to share with you uh, tonight. And, and we think, uh, as we read this, let's think about the enemies of America, the enemies of President Trump, who are really day by day making bigger and bigger fools out of themselves. They really are. They, they, all their efforts are, are imploding. All their arguments are backfiring. All their efforts to marginalize President Trump are only putting him more front and center. All their efforts to decrease his support are increasing his support. These are the biggest, these, these enemies of Trump, let me say this one more thing. The enemies of President Trump are the biggest fools and failures of our of our history. It's unbelievable. How much, I mean, if you tried to be an utter failure in the view of, of the American people and in the annals of American politics, if you try to be an utter failure, how can you succeed better in doing that than to oppose this man and, and what he stands for? And the work he does for the greatness of America. Let, let's look at Jeremiah chapter 20. And he writes, starting in verse uh, 10. I hear many whispering, terror on every side. Denounce, let us denounce him. All my friends are waiting for me to slip, saying perhaps he will be deceived. Then we will prevail over him and take our vengeance on him. But the Lord is with me like a mighty warrior. So my persecutors, they themselves will stumble and fall and not prevail. They will fail and be thoroughly disgraced. Their dishonor will never be forgotten. O Lord Almighty, you who examine the righteous 
and probe the heart and mind, let me see the vengeance you take on them. For to you I have committed my cause. Sing to the Lord. Praise the Lord. He rescues the life of the needy from the hands of the wicked. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for the opportunity to live at such a great time in America and for the opportunity, Lord, to save our country from the fools who want to destroy it. Lord, your word talks about wisdom and it talks about foolishness. We are your humble servants. Lord God, we do not claim any wisdom of our own. We claim your wisdom. Lord, make us wise, make us strong. May we avoid the fate of fools. May we avoid the fate of those who are so blind that they do not see the great gifts that you put right before our eyes. We pray in the name of Jesus the Lord. Amen. Well, I usually put this on at the end of the program, but let me just put it on for a moment now and remind you what President Trump always tells us. By the way, he announced another rally. Did you see it? Saturday night. Saturday night, the 22nd, coming up. It's going to be in Texas. 8 p.m. Eastern is when he's scheduled to speak. And of course, during the several hours before that, we've got coverage on Right Side Broadcasting Network and various preliminary speeches, including by candidates that President Trump has endorsed. Tune in. Make the plans now. I've got it on my calendar in big letters and circled. Saturday night, 8 p.m., President Donald J. Trump. No one is articulating better what the Democrats are doing to our country and what the Republicans can do to take it back. The America First Republicans, that is, not the rhinos. The rhinos, we got to get them out of office just like we're getting the Democrats out of office. And we are. That's part of what I'm going to talk to you about. But this is the greatest political movement in American history. We are proud and we are so fortunate to be part of it. So Morgan Stanley spoke up. Uh, The other day, uh, uh, Jesse had this, uh, Jesse Waters' uh, show. Uh, But I wanted to quote it for you here tonight. Uh, Many of you have seen it, I'm sure. Uh, Morgan Stanley said uh, about the um, uh, inflation, which, which, which is on the minds of the voters. Okay, number one issue, the economy, inflation, recession. They said excessive fiscal stimulus provided during the pandemic, particularly the last 1.9 trillion dollar package at the end of March 2021, just as the economy was already emerging from the lockdowns, in our view, this was what turbocharged consumption and drove inflation to 40-year highs. Well, 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 who was responsible for that? Brandon and his Democrat group of clowns. Not a single Republican voted for that $1.9 trillion disaster. But you know what? It affects us all in the end, doesn't it? You know, under President Trump, the real median household income rose from where it was in 2016 at $62,898 to a record high in 2019 of $68,703. The bottom half of American households saw a 40% increase in their net worth. And wages rose faster for the low-income, blue-collar workers, a 16% pay increase. Now, since Joe Brandon has been in the White House, wages have gone down every single month. To absorb that is a great talking point. Of course, a lot of our fellow says they don't need any talking points from us. They're experiencing it. But wages have gone down under this administration every single month that Biden has been in the White House. Okay, so now what are we seeing as a result? Well, just today we see a New Times, New York Times, Siena College poll. And what does it show? Well, like all the polls now are reinforcing one another and saying, you see, even fake pollsters, they've got to do something to save a little bit of credibility. 
So when things aren't going the way that they want them to go, even if they spin things, they've got to, they, they can't, they can't drift too far from reality. They can drift pretty far. We know that. But they can't drift so far from reality that everybody just completely dismisses them. They got to re- maintain some ounce of credibility. Well, now what we're seeing is all the polls are reinforcing each other that the Democrats uh, are losing the little bit of momentum that they gained over the summer and into September. You know, people, they were fanning the flames of outrage by lying, lying, fabricating what this Dobbs decision was all about, what the Roe v. Wade reversal was all about. Um, They were fabricating what that meant, okay, saying women were not going to get essential medical treatment. That's a whole bunch of garbage. But the, 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 but the fact of the matter is now that whatever, however much they ginned up their base over abortion, well, what little bit of, of, of progress that helped them make among certain uh, deluded, uh, deluded voters, now the Republicans have regained the momentum because people are focusing on the kind of things I was just mentioning with the economy and uh, 49% to 45% advantage of the GOP uh voters for with voters when they're asked who do you prefer voting for uh in uh in congress uh in september the same poll times siena gave democrats a one point edge now the republicans have a uh a four well the numbers i just quoted four percent four point edge now a big reason and this is important to understand both in terms of 2020 and 2022 are the independents. The Democrats didn't get into office because of the Democrat base. Inasmuch as Democrats, including Brandon, legitimately got votes, they got them from the independents. Wasn't the Democrat base that got them into power. It was the independents. And then independents, when they saw the way the Democrats started governing, going so far to the left that you couldn't see them anymore, and, and nobody had ever seen the disconnect with the American public and with American values that they continue to display shamelessly every day, that these independents are scratching their heads and saying, that's not who I voted for. That's not what I voted for. And so now we have a big turnaround among independents to favor Republicans by 10 points compared to last month when the Democrats had a three-point advantage. What a shift. And the biggest shift, independent women. And again, as I say, more than one poll is showing this. Independent women. In September, not that long ago, they favored the Democrats by 14 points. Now, they favor the Republicans by 18 points. Think about that for a moment. That is a significant shift. September, uh, this is October, this is still October. The economy is the key political issue. Now we have to also keep this in mind. We know the Senate race, the Senate's a whole lot harder to win back than the House. I believe we're going to win them both, as I said at the outset. I know many of you do too, and many more and more analysts. Uh, who uh, really know this stuff inside out and have a lot more experience are like are likewise becoming more confident to say that we're going to win the Senate as well. Uh, I think it's true to say, and I saw uh, Dick Morris say this uh, recently, that what wherever you're running and whatever office you're running for and whatever the odds are against you, if you're a Republican, you you can't be counted out to win. You know, when there are big wave elections, and I believe as Newt Gingrich does, that this is going to be an American wave, and we see it in these kind of statistics. Now, why are the independents, why are the independent women especially swinging towards the Republicans? Because they're looking at the economy, they're looking at the, the country, and they're saying, this isn't working. This isn't working. Don't give me their ideological talking points from the far-left Democrats. I don't care about them. They're out of touch. I want to I wanna be able to live. I want to be able to live with some kind of some kind of reasonable expenses and and and, and some kind of sense of security. I want to live. 
And, and, and this is what's driving the, the electorate. When we say American wave, we mean people who want an America that works. It's not enough to say, oh, the country's going on the wrong track. We know that most people think it's, uh, you know, upwards of, what is it, like 70 plus percent saying the country's going in the wrong direction. That's pretty, pretty strong. But it's not enough to remind voters that it's going in the wrong direction because, as a matter of fact, do they really need to be reminded? They're facing it every time they try to buy something or every time they get their paycheck. What we're, what's incumbent on us to do is to remind voters who's got the solution. Who's got the solution? And I'm going to show you in a little bit to stick with us because uh, I want to show you that in fact, the Republicans have a plan. And one of the things you do as each of you try to persuade and remind and nudge voters in the right direction, if they're not going in the right direction already, as most of them seem to be, is that not only is are things bad, but we've got some people who are very serious about and have, have, have are mapping out getting a solution. Okay, so a little bit more here, some few notes I put together for you. Um, Okay, so, you know, one of the reasons now, okay, so the momentum is back in the, in the camp of the Republicans. You know, the Democrats, they built up a little bit of, uh, of a momentum over the summer over the abortion issue, which is the issue I work on full time, as you know. Uh, but the point there is that, you know, what more can they say about it than they've already said? Oh, you know, you're taking away women's rights. Of course, that's not true. The, the, the issue is not one-dimensional just about women's rights. It's the fact of the matter is there's a baby there. And did you see Herschel Walker uh, debating the uh, false prophet and shameful pastor, uh, Raphael Warnock, um, the, other, the other night? Warnock is talking about, you know, the operating room and the woman and her doctor and the government and, oh, it's too big for the government to be in there. And Herschel Walker turns around and says to him, well, you know, uh, you know, you forgot to mention there's also a baby in the room. Right. I mean, that's see, that shows the difference between these one side, one dimensional uh, way of looking at abortion that the Democrats have. Oh, well, you're taking away women's rights. Yeah, but don't you have to balance that against the rights of the other person who's in the equation? The baby? They don't even mention. Warnock that's not even thinking about the baby. Jesus says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. When Biden responded and he had a 15-minute rampage after the Supreme Court issued the Dobbs decision, not once in that speech that he made, that shameful speech, not once did he mention the other life that's at stake here, the baby. Okay, so I'm not to go into that, but the point I'm making is, what more can the Democrats say? They've reduced, they've collapsed the issue to this simplistic and hard-hearted way of looking at it. No compassion at all. For that, you know, that mom that goes to get an abortion, she's not going there because she wants to exercise her women's rights. She's going there conflicted and in deep pain over the fact that she knows she's carrying a baby that she feels she can't handle. She's not looking at it the way the Democrats look at it. We're the ones that have compassion on her. We take her hand. We run four times as many pregnancy centers around the country as the abortion industry runs abortion clinics, and we help her. And we've got to show people we're the compassionate ones. But the fact of the matter is the voters aren't focused on this as the, as the deciding issue in their vote. They're focusing on the economy. And here's the dilemma for the Democrats. You know, Bernie Sanders, you saw how he said recently, hey, guys, we can't keep hammering away on abortion only because the, 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 people, are, the, 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 the people are tuning us out and they're looking at the economy. Well, the problem is if the Democrats pivot back and try to win voters back on the economy, what in the world are they going to say? There's a reason they don't want to talk about the economy. Because they've been utter failures at doing anything about it. There's still two things that have to happen between now and November 8th, by the way. On October 27th, you know what's coming out? The third quarter GDP number. And that is going to be very significant. 
because two quarters of negative growth, that indicates that's the definition of a recession. If there's a third, how are the Democrats going to continue to spin uh, a technicality? Oh, well, it's not technically a recession. I guess they do it the same way that they say there's the baby in the womb is not a baby, right? Or that a violent riot is somehow a peaceful protest, right? That's why we say, let's go, Brandon. They're trying to rewrite the reality of what's there. People are saying one thing and they say, oh, let's go, Brandon. Yeah. You know, ultimately, the reason they're not able to do anything about the economy is that they don't want to. And this is what we really have to understand is at the core of this. When President Trump says these people hate our country, they're trying to destroy our country, this is not just rhetoric. This is not just venting. Although I do like to vent a little bit about these these Democrats. It's very perceptive down to the depths and core of what's happening here. They have an arrogance. They have, Dan Bongino calls it, the, the, the hierarchy. They're all about power. They just want to control our lives. And they have, it's, it, and, and, and I would point out, it's a power, okay, you know, Bongino says, you know, don't, 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 don't think about their behavior just as hypocrisy. It's more than hypocrisy. It's worse than hypocrisy. It's hierarchy. They're in power. They want to stay in power. And they think, therefore, that they have the right to do whatever they, whatever they can do to you. And you think about it this way, and it really makes an awful lot of sense out of what's happening, right? And what these people do and how they use the FBI and the DOJ. It's hierarchy. So apply it to the economy. Why can't, I mean, are they really so clueless that they don't know how to, you know, fix anything in the economy? Are they deliberately trying to make it worse? Well, actually, yeah, they are. Because these are people who have such an arrogance, they think they know better than you do what's good for you and your family and your future. They think they know better than you. Okay, so basically, and and, and not all of them will come out quite come out and say it this way, but they're saying, okay, you know, you're going to have to endure some pain for a while, but you know, ultimately, it's all going to be for the better because then we're going to do a redistribution of wealth, and you know, we're going to we're going to get things to where they're supposed to be. We're just going to recreate the whole structure of society. It's like, excuse me, we don't need your arrogance. We don't need your hierarchy. We don't need you. And that's why people are going to rise up and are rising up and vote these people out of office. It's not hypocrisy. It's arrogance and a lust for power. But these polls are saying Republicans are, in fact, going to regain control of Congress you know, keep this in mind. In 2020, okay, 2020, that election grew our base, more of our base. When I say our base, okay, so I'm talking about Republicans and conservatives. The turnout grew among that base. It grew. Didn't recede. They weren't retreating in, de- in defeat. That, 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 those, that base of the electorate came out more than they did in 2016. And in the polling just before the election, the Democrats had like a 3.1% advantage showing over, I mean, I'm sorry, did I say Republicans? The Democrats showed a 3.1% advantage going into that election. And yet, what happened to the House? Republicans got within five seats of a majority. That wasn't supposed to happen. They were supposed to lose seats instead they gained seats. And the fifth, and by the way, it wasn't just a growing of the conservative and Republican base. It was a diversification of the, of the Republican Party. All the seats that were flipped from blue to red in the 2020 election, 15 seats were taken by either women or minorities or both the diversification of the appeal of President Trump. And when you look at his economic success, it was also not only the strongest economy during his administration, but the most diverse. The diversity of Americans who benefited under the greatest president. They benefited, their wages rose, their businesses flourished. So if the polls now are about even, 
And we see, again, more Republican, even Republican advantage. Remember, the reality is better than the polling is reflecting, which means a strong takeover is on its way. And another thing about polling, of course, there are many experts that can talk about this. You know, there's there's a significant uh, 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 trend of thinking among pollsters that telephone polling is is a thing of the past. Now people are connecting much more online, and it's not easy for uh, polling experts and workers to adjust to that. And you're going to end up with. A, 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 you know, to get exactly the right balance is always a challenge of how many how many Democrats are answering the poll, how many Republicans are answering the poll. Once you shift the entire landscape from, you know, hello, I'm answering the telephone, to who's online, it's not as easy to have find that balance. And you're going to have, a, a, again, a tilting towards Democrats in the sampling which, of course, is going to show a tilting towards them and the results. So you always have to keep in mind, if we have an even polling going into the midterms or a slight advantage, that means it's a big advantage for the Republican side. Okay. Um, Now, what else do I have here for you? Yes. Besides independence, I talked about independence before. Hispanics are going to be a big part of the story in this uh, this coming midterm uh, victory. Hispanics. Our Hispanic brothers and sisters, whose support for the Republican Party has been growing, we saw President Trump bring many of them not only into the party and, and out in the, into the voting booth, but also into office, right? Into, look, look, look at Myra Flores. In, uh, it, I was just with her recently. It was so good to be able to encourage her face-to-face. She is a wonderful person. Um, but, you know, watch South Texas. It's going to be, it's gonna, it's gonna be a lot of red down there. The Hispanic people, they, they, they don't go along with the woke ideology of the Democrats. They just don't. Now, it's not necessarily that they're jumping on board 100% with the Republicans. The Hispanic population, the Hispanic voters, think more like the independents than they do like the Democrats. And that's a key thing to keep in mind because this election is going to swing based on the independence. Remember what I said at the outset. The 2020 election was not won based on the Democratic base. No, they're too disconnected from the American people. They don't have the clout to win an election. It's the independents, among whom there's a lot more common sense than the current um, uh, woke Democrats. There's a lot more common sense among the independents and I'll tell you what, the Hispanics, well, the numbers speak for themselves. They align ideologically and politically much, much more. I see, by the way, all the, the comments that you're sending in. Thank you for uh, these fantastic uh, comments. And, and, and by the way, if I don't uh, address a comment uh, in, the, uh, in the show, and sometimes I just, just want to share things with you, other programs, I spend more time answering questions. Um, I keep all of these. And I'll come back to some of them in subsequent programs. So do 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 stay with us during the course of the week. And uh, but I always learn from you. Uh, you know, just as I hope you, you learn from some things from me. I always take more encouragement from you. I am sure than uh, than you take from me. So I thank you for that. Um, but uh, but keep an eye on the Hispanics on election night because I think they're going to give us some uh, surprises. Um, well, look, I'm not going to go into it in detail tonight. I got some more things to tell you about how the debates have been going, and we'll talk about this more uh, as the week goes on, how the debates have been going uh, and uh, how um, uh, how the outcome of these midterms is going to shape uh, the not only who's in power, but the very nature and makeup of the Republican Party. We're going to talk more about that as the week goes on. But one quick point I want to reference now, and then I'm going to come back to it in detail, is, is look, most Americans are <laughs> convinced Americans now, whether Republican, Democrat, or independent, most Americans are convinced we are on the wrong track and there's lots of problems and lots of dysfunction in America. But what we've got to remind the voters of right now more than anything else is not simply, hey, we've got problems. That can't be the message. Hey, we've got problems. Because, you know, if people are convinced we've got problems, what's that going to mean? That's going to mean, hey, get whoever's in power, kick them out, right? 
whoever's in power, kick them out because the ones in power are responsible for things falling apart. Okay, well, that, that by itself can be a pretty strong engine for winning elections. However, the message to the voters can't just be, hey, things are really going wrong. The message has to be, here's somebody who has a solution. The Republicans have written, and let me just show you real quick. If you go to ProLifeVote.com, I'm going to ask you, in fact, this is our action item for tonight. Let me show you the web, the web page. That's our, our Priest for Life election page is ProLifeVote.com. And uh, if you go there, the red action box, there's a number of things there, but the last item is the uh, Republicans have their uh, commitment to America, and there is a uh, one-page summary of the policy direction that the Republican Party is committed to take the country. Download that, please. Read it and share it. I've mentioned it in previous programs, but it's been a while and I wanted to come back to it. Now that we're in this home stretch and now that we see more of the momentum swinging to the Republicans, there's a reason for that. And people don't want to know, just look at, we don't want the voters just to look at the Republicans as an alternative to a disaster. We want them to look at the Republicans as the ones who are promising some kind of a solution, that they've got a plan in mind, that they've got a commitment to certain policies that have some reasonable hope of success. So go to ProLiveVote.com. Look at the other things that are on the page as well, but I'm just pointing you to that one link at the bottom of the red action box and download that commitment to America and read it and start discussing it because uh, it'll... Listen, I know this audience is very well informed uh, politically, and you guys are, you know, all of you, it's such an inspiration. You're on the right page. You're filled with faith. You're filled with patriotism. Uh, but if you look at that, uh, at that page and start discussing it among yourselves and with other voters, I think you're going to find yourself talking about the things you're already talking about. And uh, but you but to see it on paper and to see what I'm saying is you talk to the voters, especially independents, and say, hey, look, folks, there's a plan here. There's a plan. You can't just rant and rave about what's going wrong. you got to have a plan to fix it. Okay. So thank you, friends. I, I mean, I have a lot more to say to you. And by the way, um, you got, have you got the book Beyond Biden? This is Newt Gingrich's, uh, uh, one of his latest books, Beyond Biden, Rebuilding the America We Love. Fabulous insights here. Fabulous insights. I highly recommend it. We're going to go through this book on some of our future programs in a little bit more detail. Um, but let's go back to prayer now. I want to pray for your intentions. Many of you leave your prayer intentions in the comments as you uh, watch. And uh, I uh, appreciate uh, you doing that because I do pray for you. My team here at Preach for Life prays for you. Let's pray for each other together right now. Lord, we lift up to you America. We lift up to you those who love America. We ask you, Lord, to stop in their tracks those who hate America. We ask you to stop in their tracks those who are just totally twisted with Trump derangement syndrome. Stop them in their tracks. And Lord, stop them from damaging our nation. We ask instead, Lord, that the spirit of America first, that the spirit of MAGA will fill the hearts of our fellow citizens to the point that there is absolutely no question as a result of these midterms that it is such a, not just a victory, but such a decisive, such a resounding, such a convincing victory that people will realize our country has made a turn for the better. Lord, we have a lot of work to do. But we thank you for our friends in leadership who have made this commitment to America and have laid out concrete and common sense policies that can make our country turn back to the right track. Give the voters wisdom to elect such people and give us the persuasiveness to convince voters to elect such people. We bring all our prayers together as we offer the prayer Jesus gave us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. 
Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. God bless you, friends. Follow me on social media at FR Frank Pavone. And by the way, I'll be coming back on live at 9 o'clock. Not on all these platforms, but on the ones where you usually receive the Priest for Life programming. I'll be coming back live at 9 tonight. I want to give you a pro-life updates. And um, if you're not getting those uh, on the channel you're watching now, you can go over to endabortion.tv or to my FR Frank Pavone uh, YouTube, Twitter, Getter, uh, uh, or just endabortion.tv will show places where you can find that that extra programming. But remember, like President Trump always says, we're part of the greatest political movement in American history. And this country doesn't belong to the radical, deranged people that are trying to destroy it. It doesn't belong to them. It belongs to you. And that's why we can be confident that the greatest days of America are indeed yet to come. God bless you, and we'll talk to you tomorrow. Blind that they do not see the great gifts that you put right before our eyes. We pray in the name of Jesus the Lord. Amen. Well, I usually put this on at the end of the program, but let me just put it on for a moment now and remind you what President Trump always tells us. By the way, he announced another rally. Did you see it? Saturday night. Saturday night, the 22nd, coming up. It's going to be in Texas. 8 p.m. Eastern is when he's scheduled to speak. And of course, during the several hours before that, we've got coverage on Right Side Broadcasting Network and various preliminary speeches, including by candidates that President Trump has endorsed. Tune in. Make the plans now. I've got it on my calendar in big letters and circled. Saturday night, 8 p.m., President Donald J. Trump. No one is articulating better what the Democrats are doing to our country and what the Republicans can do to take it back. The America first Republicans, that is not the rhinos, the rhinos, we got to get them out of office, just like we're getting the Democrats out of office. And we are, that's part of what I'm going to talk to you about, but this is the greatest political movement in American history. We are proud and we are so fortunate to be part of it. So Morgan Stanley spoke up uh, the other day, uh, uh, Jesse had this, uh, Jesse Waters' uh, show. Uh, but I wanted to quote it for you here tonight. Uh, many of you have seen it, I'm sure. Uh, Morgan Stanley said uh, about the um, uh, inflation, which, which, which is on the minds of the voters. Okay, number one issue, the economy, inflation, recession. They said excessive fiscal stimulus provided during the pandemic, particularly the last 1.9 trillion dollar package at the end of March 2021, just as the economy was already emerging from the lockdowns, in our view, this was what turbocharged consumption and drove inflation to 40-year highs. Well, 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 who was responsible for that? Brandon and his Democrat group of clowns. Not a single Republican voted for that $1.9 trillion disaster. But you know what? It affects us all in the end, doesn't it? You know, under President Trump, the real median household income rose from where it was in 2016 at $62,898 to a record high in 2019 of $68,703. The bottom half of American households saw a 40% increase in their net worth. And wages rose faster for the low-income, blue-collar workers, a 16% pay increase. Now, since Joe Brandon has been in the White House, wages have gone down every single month to absorb that this is a great talking point of course a lot of our fellow says they don't need any talking points from us they're experiencing it but wages have gone down 
under this administration, every single month that Biden has been in the White House. Okay, so now what are we seeing as a result? Well, just today we see a New Times, New York Times, Siena College poll. And what does it show? Well, like all the polls now are reinforcing one another and saying, you see, even fake pollsters, they've got to do something to save a little bit of credibility. So when things aren't going the way that they want them to go, even if they spin things, they've got to, they, they can't, they can't drift too far from reality. They can drift pretty far. We know that. But they can't drift so far from reality that everybody just completely dismisses them. They've got to re- maintain some ounce of credibility. Well, now what we're seeing is all the polls are reinforcing each other that the Democrats uh, are losing the little bit of momentum that they gained over the summer and into September. You know, people, they were fanning the flames of outrage by lying, lying, fabricating what this Dobbs decision was all about, what the Roe v. Wade reversal was all about. Um, They were fabricating what that meant, okay, saying women were not going to get essential medical treatment. That's a whole bunch of garbage. But the, 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 but the fact of the matter is now that whatever, however much they ginned up their base over abortion, well, what little bit of, of, of progress that helped them make among certain uh, deluded, uh, deluded voters, now the Republicans have regained the momentum because people are focusing on the kind of things I was just mentioning with the economy and uh, 49% to 45% advantage of the GOP uh voters for with voters when they're asked who do you prefer voting for uh in uh in congress uh in september the same poll times siena gave democrats a one point edge now the republicans have a uh a four well the numbers i just quoted four percent four point edge now a big reason and this is important to understand both in terms of 2020 and 2022 are the independents. The Democrats didn't get into office because of the Democrat base. Inasmuch as Democrats, including Brandon, legitimately got votes, they got them from the independents. Wasn't the Democrat base that got them into power. It was the independents. And then independents, when they saw the way the Democrats started governing, going so far to the left that you couldn't see them anymore, and, and nobody had ever seen the disconnect with the American public and with American values that they continue to display shamelessly every day, that these independents are scratching their heads and saying, that's not who I voted for. That's not what I voted for. And so now we have a big turnaround among independents to favor Republicans by 10 points compared to last month when the Democrats had a three-point advantage. What a shift. And the biggest shift? Independent women. And again, as I say, more than one poll is showing this. Independent women. In September, not that long ago, they favored the Democrats by 14 points. Now, they favor the Republicans by 18 points. Think about that for a moment. That is a significant shift. September, uh, this is October, this is still October. The economy is a key political issue. Now we have to also keep this in mind. We know the Senate race, the Senate's a whole lot harder to win back than the House. I believe we're going to win them both, as I said at the outset. I know many of you do too, and many more and more analysts. Uh, who uh, really know this stuff inside out and have a lot more experience are like are likewise becoming more confident to say that we're going to win the Senate as well. Uh, I think it's true to say, and I saw uh, Dick Morris say this uh, recently, that what wherever you're running and whatever office you're running for and whatever the odds are against you, if you're a Republican, you you can't be counted out to win. You know, when there are big wave elections, 
And I believe, as Newt Gingrich does, that this is going to be an American wave. And we see it in these kind of statistics. Now, why are the independents, why are the independent women especially swinging towards the Republicans? Because they're looking at the economy, they're looking at the, the country, and they're saying, this isn't working. This isn't working. Don't give me their ideological talking points from the far-left Democrats. I don't care about them. They're out of touch. I want to I wanna be able to live. I want to be able to live with some kind of some kind of reasonable expenses and and and, and some kind of sense of security. I want to live, and, and and this is what's driving the the electorate. When we say American wave, we mean people who want an America that works. It's not enough to say, "Oh, the country's going on the wrong track." We know that most people think it's uh, you know upwards of what is it like seventy plus percent saying the country's going in the wrong direction, that's pretty strong. But it's not enough to remind voters that it's going in the wrong direction because, as a matter of fact, do they really need to be reminded? They're facing it every time they try to buy something or every time they get their paycheck. What we're, what's incumbent on us to do is to remind voters who's got the solution. Who's got the solution? And I'm going to show you in a little bit to stick with us because uh, I want to show you that, in fact, the Republicans have a plan. And one of the things you do as each of you try to persuade and remind and nudge voters in the right direction, if they're not going in the right direction already, as most of them seem to be, is that not only is are things bad, but we've got some people who are very serious about and have, have, have are mapping out getting a solution. Okay, so a little bit more here, a few notes I put together for you. Um, okay, so, you know, one of the reasons now, okay, so the momentum is back in the, in the camp of the Republicans. You know, the Democrats, they built up a little bit of, uh, of a momentum over the summer over the abortion issue, which is the issue I work on full time, as you know. Uh, but the point there is that, you know, what more can they say about it than they've already said? Oh, you know, you're taking away women's rights. Of course, that's not true. The, the, the issue is not one-dimensional just about women's rights. It's the fact of the matter is there's a baby there. And did you see Herschel Walker uh, debating the uh, false prophet and shameful pastor, uh, Raphael Warnock, um, the, other, the other night? Warnock is talking about, you know, the operating room and the woman and her doctor and the government and, oh, it's too big for the government to be in there. And <laughs> Herschel Walker turns around and says to him, well, you know, uh, you know, you forgot to mention there's also a baby in the room. Right? I mean, that's, see, that shows the difference between these one side, one dimensional uh, way of looking at abortion that the Democrats have. Oh, well, you're taking away women's rights. Yeah, but don't you have to balance that against the rights of the other person who's in the equation? The baby? They don't even mention. Warnock that's not even thinking about the baby. Jesus says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. When Biden responded and he had a 15-minute rampage after the Supreme Court issued the Dobbs decision, not once in that speech that he made, that shameful speech, not once did he mention the other life that's at stake here, the baby. Okay, so I'm not to go into that, but the point I'm making is, what more can the Democrats say? They've reduced, they've collapsed the issue to this simplistic and hard-hearted way of looking at it. No compassion at all. For that, you know, that mom that goes to get an abortion, she's not going there because she wants to exercise her women's rights. She's going there conflicted and in deep pain over the fact that she knows she's carrying a baby that she feels she can't handle. She's not looking at it the way the Democrats look at it. We're the ones that have compassion on her. We take her hand. We run four times as many pregnancy centers around the country as the abortion industry runs abortion clinics, and we help her. And we've got to show people we're the compassionate ones. But the fact of the matter is the voters aren't focused on this as the, as the deciding issue in their vote. They're focusing on the economy. And here's the dilemma for the Democrats. You know, Bernie Sanders, you saw how he said recently, hey, guys, we can't keep hammering away on abortion only because the, 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 people, are, the, 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 the people are tuning us out and they're looking at the economy. Well, the problem is if the Democrats pivot back 
and try to win voters back on the economy, what in the world are they going to say? There's a reason they don't want to talk about the economy. Because they've been utter failures at doing anything about it. There's still two things that have to happen between now and November 8th, by the way. On October 27th, you know what's coming out? The third quarter GDP number. And that is going to be very significant. Because two quarters of negative growth, that indicates that's the definition of a recession. If there's a third, how are the Democrats going to continue to spin uh, a technicality? Oh, well, it's not technically a recession. I guess they do it the same way that they say there's the baby in the womb is not a baby, right? Or that a violent riot is somehow a peaceful protest, right? That's why we say, let's go, Brandon. They're trying to rewrite the reality of what's there. People are saying one thing and they say, oh, let's go, Brandon. Yeah. You know, ultimately, the reason they're not able to do anything about the economy is that they don't want to. And this is what we really have to understand is at the core of this. When President Trump says these people hate our country, they're trying to destroy our country, this is not just rhetoric. This is not just venting. Although I do like to vent a little bit about these, these Democrats. It's very perceptive down to the depths and core of what's happening here. They have an arrogance. They have, Dan Bongino calls it, the, the, the hierarchy. They're all about power. They just want to control our lives. And they have, it's, it, and, and, and I would point out it's a power Okay, you know, Bongino says, you know, don't, 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 don't think about their behavior just as hypocrisy. It's more than hypocrisy. It's worse than hypocrisy. It's hierarchy. They're in power. They want to stay in power, and they think, therefore, that they have the right to do whatever they, whatever they can do to you. And, and you think about it this way, and it really makes an awful lot of sense out of what's happening, right? And what these people do, and how they use the FBI and the DOJ. It's hierarchy. So apply it to the economy. Why can't, I mean, are they really so clueless that they don't know how to, you know, fix anything in the economy? Are they deliberately trying to make it worse? Well, actually, yeah, they are. Because these are people who have such an arrogance. They think they know better than you do what's good for you and your family and your future. They think they know better than you. Okay, so basically, and, and, and not all of them will come out quite come out and say it this way, but they're saying, okay, you know, you're going to have to endure some pain for a while. But, you know, ultimately, it's all going to be for the better because then we're going to do a redistribution of wealth and, you know, we're going we're gonna to get things to where they're supposed to be. We're just going to recreate the whole structure of society. It's like, excuse me, we don't need your arrogance. We don't need your hierarchy. We don't need you. And that's why people are going to rise up and are rising up and vote these people out of office. It's not hypocrisy. It's arrogance and a lust for power. But these polls are saying Republicans are, in fact, going to regain control of Congress you know, keep this in mind. In 2020, okay, 2020, that election grew our base, more of our base. When I say our base, okay, so I'm talking about Republicans and conservatives. The turnout grew among that base. It grew. Didn't recede. They weren't retreating in, de in defeat. That, 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 though, that base of the electorate came out more than they did in 2016. And in the polling just before the election, the Democrats had like a 3.1% advantage showing over, I mean, I'm sorry, did I say Republicans? The Democrats showed a 3.1% advantage going into that election. And yet, what happened to the House? Republicans got within five seats of a majority. That wasn't supposed to happen. They were supposed to lose seats instead they gained seats. And the fifth, and by the way, it wasn't just a growing of the conservative and Republican base. It was a diversification of the, of the Republican Party. All the seats that were flipped from blue to red in the 2020 election, 15 seats were taken by either 
women or minorities or both. The diversification of the appeal of President Trump. And when you look at his economic success, it was also not only the strongest economy during his administration, but the most diverse. It's the diversity of Americans who benefited under the greatest president. They benefited, their wages rose, their businesses flourished. So if the polls now are about even, or we see again more Republican, even Republican advantage, remember the reality is better than the polling is reflecting, which means a strong takeover is on its way. And another thing about polling, of course, there are many experts that can talk about this. You know, there's there's a significant uh, 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 trend of thinking among pollsters that telephone polling is is a thing of the past. Now people are connecting much more online, and it's not easy for uh, polling experts and workers to adjust to that. And you're going to end up with, you know, to get exactly the right balance is always a challenge of how many how many Democrats are answering the poll, how many Republicans are answering the poll. Once you shift the entire landscape from, you know, hello, I'm answering the telephone to who's online, it's not as easy to have find that balance. And you're going to have, a, a, again, a tilting towards Democrats in the sampling which of course is going to show a tilting towards them and the results. So you always have to keep in mind, if we have an even polling going into the midterms or a slight advantage, that means it's a big advantage for the Republican side. Okay. Um, Now, what else do I have here for you? Yes. Besides independence, I talked about independence before. Hispanics are going to be a big part of the story in this uh, this coming midterm uh, victory. Hispanics. Our Hispanic brothers and sisters, whose support for the Republican Party has been growing, we saw President Trump bring many of them not only into the party and, and out in the, into the voting booth, but also into office, right? Into, look, look, look at Myra Flores. In, uh, it, I was just with her recently. It was so good to be able to encourage her face-to-face. She is a wonderful person. Um, but, you know, watch South Texas. It's going to be, it's going to be, it's going to be a lot of red down there. The Hispanic people, they, they, they don't go along with the woke ideology of the Democrats. They just don't. Now, it's not necessarily that they're jumping on board 100% with the Republicans. The Hispanic population, the Hispanic voters, think more like the independents than they do like the Democrats. And that's a key thing to keep in mind because this election is going to swing based on the independence. Remember what I said at the outset. The 2020 election was not won based on the Democratic base. No, they're too disconnected from the American people. They don't have the clout to win an election. It's the independents, among whom there's a lot more common sense than the current um, uh, woke Democrats. There's a lot more common sense among the independents And I'll tell you what, the Hispanics, well, the numbers speak for themselves. They align ideologically and politically much, much more. I see, by the way, all the the comments that you're sending in. Thank you for uh, these fantastic uh, comments. And and, and by the way, if I don't uh, address a comment uh, in the... uh, in the show. And sometimes I just, I just want to share things with you. Other programs, I spend more time answering questions. Um, I keep all of these and I'll come back to some of them in subsequent programs. So do, do, do stay with us during the course of the week. And, uh, but I always learn from you, uh, you know, just as I hope you, you learn from some things from me, I always take more encouragement from you, I'm sure, than, uh, than you take from me. So I thank you for that. Um, but, uh, but keep an eye on the Hispanics on election night, because I think they're going to give us some uh, surprises. Um, well, look, I'm not going to go into it in detail tonight. I got some more things to tell you about how the debates have been going. And we'll talk about this more uh, as the week goes on, how the debates have been going uh, and uh, how um, uh, how the outcome of these midterms is going to shape uh, the not only who's in power, but the very nature and makeup of the Republican Party. We're going to talk more about that as the week goes on. But one Quick point I want to reference now, and then I'm going to come back to it in detail, is, is look, most Americans are convinced, 
Americans now, whether Republican, Democrat, or independent, most Americans are convinced we are on the wrong track and there's lots of problems and lots of dysfunction in America. But what we've got to remind the voters of right now more than anything else is not simply, hey, we've got problems. That can't be the message. Hey, we've got problems. Because, you know, if people are convinced we've got problems, what's that going to mean? That's going to mean, hey, get to whoever's in power, kick them out, right? Whoever's in power, kick them out because the ones in power are responsible for things falling apart. Okay, well, that, that by itself can be a pretty strong engine for winning elections. However, the message to the voters can't just be, hey, things are really going wrong. The message has to be, here's somebody who has a solution. The Republicans have written, and let me just show you real quick, if you go to ProLifeVote.com, I'm going to ask you, in fact, this is our action item for tonight. Let me show you the web, the web page. That's our, our Priest for Life election page is ProLifeVote.com. And uh, if you go there, the red action box, there's a number of things there, but the last item is the uh, Republicans have their uh, commitment to America, and there is a uh, one-page summary of the policy direction that the Republican Party is committed to take the country. Download that, please. Read it and share it. I've mentioned it in previous programs, but it's been a while and I wanted to come back to it. Now that we're in this home stretch and now that we see more of the momentum swinging to the Republicans, there's a reason for that. And people don't want to know, just look at, we don't want the voters just to look at the Republicans as an alternative to a disaster. We want them to look at the Republicans as the ones who are promising some kind of a solution, that they've got a plan in mind, that they've got a commitment to certain policies that have some reasonable hope of success. So go to ProLifeVote.com. Look at the other things that are on the page as well, but I'm just pointing you to that one link at the bottom of the red action box and download that commitment to America and read it and start discussing it because uh, it'll... Listen, I know this audience is very well informed uh, politically, and you guys are, you know, all of you, it's such an inspiration. You're on the right page. You're filled with faith. You're filled with patriotism. Uh, but if you look at that, uh, at that page and start discussing it among yourselves and with other voters, I think you're going to find yourself talking about the things you're already talking about. And uh, but you put to see it on paper and to see what I'm saying is you talk to the voters, especially independents, and say, hey, look, folks, there's a plan here. There's a plan. You can't just rant and rave about what's going wrong. you got to have a plan to fix it. OK, so thank you, friends. I, I mean, I have a lot more to say to you. And by the way, um, are you got, have you got the book Beyond Biden? This is Newt Gingrich's uh, uh, one of his latest books, Beyond Biden, Rebuilding the America We Love. Fabulous insights here. Fabulous insights. I highly recommend it. We're going to go through this book on some of our future programs in a little bit more detail. Um, but let's go back to prayer now. I want to pray for your intentions. Many of you leave your prayer intentions in the comments as you uh, watch, and uh, I uh, appreciate uh, you doing that because I do pray for you. My team here at Priest for Life prays for you. Let's pray for each other together right now. Lord, we lift up to you America. We lift up to you those who love America. We ask you, Lord, to stop in their tracks those who hate America. We ask you to stop in their tracks those who are just totally twisted with Trump derangement syndrome. Stop them in their tracks. And Lord, stop them from damaging our nation. We ask instead, Lord, that the spirit of America first, that the spirit of MAGA will fill the hearts of our fellow citizens to the point that there is absolutely no question as a result of these midterms that it is such a, not just a victory, but such a decisive, such a resounding, such a convincing victory that people will realize our country has made a turn for the better. Lord, we have a lot of work to do. But we thank you for our friends in leadership who have made this commitment to America and have laid out concrete and common sense policies 
that can make our country turn back to the right track. Give the voters wisdom to elect such people and give us the persuasiveness to convince voters to elect such people. We bring all our prayers together as we offer the prayer Jesus gave us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. God bless you, friends. Follow me on social media at FR Frank Pavone. And by the way, I'll be coming back on live at 9 o'clock. Not on all these platforms, but on the ones where you usually receive the Priest for Life programming. I'll be coming back live at 9 tonight. I want to give you a pro-life updates. And um, if you're not getting those uh, on the channel you're watching now, you can go over to endabortion.tv or to my FR Frank Pavone uh, YouTube, Twitter, Getter, uh, 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 or just endabortion.tv will show places where you can find that, pro that extra programming. But remember, like President Trump always says, we're part of the greatest political movement in American history. And this country doesn't belong to the radical, deranged people that are trying to destroy it. It doesn't belong to them. It belongs to you. And that's why we can be confident that the greatest days of America are indeed yet to come. God bless you, and we'll talk to you tomorrow. This has been the End Abortion Podcast. To learn more, to help end abortion, and to connect with us on social media, visit endabortion.net.